With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Hey. I'm well. How are you? Good. How was your your dad you said was visiting? Uh, my what? I'm sorry. I can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes, that's better. Okay. I was just asking if, if you had a good visit with your dad. Oh, with my dad. Was? Yes, yeah. He doesn't live that far. I mean, he lives about an hour away. Um, uh-huh. But my stepmother is, well, from the time, she was very kind to me until they got married when I was about uh-huh. 16. And then uh-huh. that all kind of changed. And um, she's pretty, she gets jealous and it's been difficult. So I don't see him very often. If he has a doctor's appointment in the city or something, he will often stop at my house on his way back uh-huh. um, because he lives an hour like further out in the country. So that's what happened today. And it's been about six months since Aww. he stopped by. So whenever he calls and says he's going to, I'm going to have a few minutes with him alone. I, I usually like to try to grab that if I can, because it's not normal that we have that together. Yeah, that's sweet. I'm glad you were able to have a little bit of time though. That's good. No, oh, thank you. How are you? How's everything going? Good. It's been a good, um, today's Tuesday, right? <laughs> Like I'm yes. gonna say, it's been, a, it's been a good week, and then I can't remember what day it is. No, we're good. We're doing good. We've just, um, you know, just had to deal with some stuff, so sure. we're good. We're moving forward, um, and I'm just in the mode of, um, well, actually, it's not a bad thing. It's more just being more disciplined with my schedule, so that by the time my daughter gets home, I'm not doing anything else. You know what I mean? Right. So. Absolutely. So it's just been good in that respect. But well, good. thanks for asking and thanks for the thoughts sure. and prayers. It's all been good. I'm glad. Um, um, I'm trying to – Anna messaged me the other day and mentioned that she had sent you your edits. She did. And I printed everything out, and my plan is to finish reading them by Friday. Um, okay. So I haven't – like I, I just started them. She sent me a really beautiful email with it and said that she was impressed with the grammar, that she changed very little throughout the entire book of anything. Um, okay. So both, most of what I've read so far has only been notes like um, maybe if I italicize something that I shouldn't have or simple little things like that. I haven't gotten to any major changes yet. Okay. Um, and so it was. she sent me a really sweet email and said that she was reluctant to send it back because she enjoyed it so much. She didn't want to be finished with the project. And it was mm-hmm. really, a really nice, 
seems very kind. So, Good. yeah, I'm, okay. that's my that's my homework right now <laughs> to finish okay. going through those. Okay, so what's the process like with her for you to just read through edits and make them, and then ask her any questions, or what did she say happened? She, um, I I guess I just have to accept or deny them. Um, basically, oh, okay. like either take take the changes or not take the changes. Okay. Um, and so, I mean, so far from what I'm seeing, I'm, I can't see myself not taking any of the changes that she's made. Um, something she told me on the phone is that sometimes she reads through someone's book and she's making changes to the structures of every sentence. And she hasn't, I don't think she did that at all throughout the entire book for me. So I don't think I'm going to, like she, you know, changed enough to where I'm going to worry about it. It's just professional things that are going to need to be done. Um, like grammatical things that I think the average person just doesn't know unless you're an editor. Sure, sure, sure. Okay, so that's good. So she felt like the, the flow and structure worked well. Yes, yes. Okay, so minor edits. And then you said you were going to get that back to her this, you said Friday? That's what you're hoping? Yes, I'm hoping to get it back to her by Friday. That's my plan. Okay. And I actually have a whole day on Thursday that I'm I'm set time aside just to finish that. So Okay, and then she's gonna review again and any well it sounds the, the the reason I'm asking is from a timing perspective, because I know normally um she sends the edits and I think you have up to like two weeks or something like that to make the edits and turn it back around. But yes. if it's only minor grammatical stuff, then we might actually wind up having you know, a final manuscript to send on to the designer a little bit sooner maybe than we thought. Yeah. Right? I can – would you like me to read you her – the email that yeah. she sent me? Okay, I'm, I'm pulling it up right now. Yes, that'll work. Um, okay, she said, here you go, Jen. In many cases, when I finish a round of edits, I'm ready to be done with the book. This isn't the case with yours. It was truly a blessing to work on it for you, and I'm reluctant sending it back because I don't want to be done with it. You're a beautiful writer, and I was impressed with your grammar as well. I really didn't change a lot of the content because I thought you put it together so nicely. I hope my changes and comments are self-explanatory, but please let me know if you have any questions. I was thinking something along the lines of purpose and persuasion, discovering God's promises along your journey would work Mm. for your title. What do you think? I actually really like that. That is Um, really good. I know you're sending this off to your designer soon, but I'd like to set up another call for next week. We have emailed back and forth about a time for that Okay. Um, to go over edits in case you have any questions. Um, thank you okay. for this opportunity. And that's basically her email. Okay. You said purpose and persuasion, and then what was the rest of it? Um, the the tagline was, okay, so it's purpose and persuasion, discovering God's promises along your journey. Okay. And I actually really liked that. I thought it was good. Along your journey. Okay, cool. I do too. That's great. Okay, so I think just for the title alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, just kidding. No, but but really, the title serves a lot of purposes, right? Just clarifying yeah. what's what's in the study for the book for the readers, and um, why they should pick it up, and then also um, just having a, a clear, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say attraction tool for the people that are looking for that, right? So it's actually good that she has that title, and we both think it's great. I actually probably wouldn't change anything about it now that I'm talking. Yeah, I I don't think so. I I love it. And it will help Melinda as well when she does the design work. Right. um, To 
to have a little bit better perspective on um, the title and then the, the final manuscript. So that's really good. I'm glad. I'm glad that's all worked out. I'm glad you guys are um, in this. Did you say you were talking to her this week or next? Uh, well, I told her that I was available to talk on Thursday, and she just emailed me back that she's not available to talk on Thursday. It's the only day she isn't. So okay. I'm, I'm subbing at the school again on Friday. I actually have a meeting tomorrow. I, there was a church about three hours away um, mm-hmm. that w- they want to interview me to speak to their at their women's conference. There's going to be about 300 women. Um, and they presented my blog to their board, and it passed the board. And so now they're sending somebody on their board to interview me tomorrow. And so I have to drive, though, an hour and meet her um, a little less than halfway. So my day's kind of tied up tomorrow. So I, I need to see when when she's free. It may not be until Monday that we can talk. Okay. Okay. Um, because we are, just from my perspective, we're scheduled Wait, why do we have two? Okay, so we scheduled one on October 27th as well. So, okay, which is fine, which is fine. Um, I just want to make sure that you can hopefully talk to her before then. But if not, then we'll just wrap up, you know, whatever she needs after that. Um, okay. Mainly because from Melinda's perspective, um, she's she's working on the graphics for the website first. Okay. Um, and then we, we had asked her to work on the manuscript second. So I'm really just trying to get a good timeline for her so I can reach back around with her and, okay. and give her a little bit updated time frames. Um, okay. So if you're talking to Anna next week, then I'll probably need to go back to Melinda and just move everything by a week. Because she originally was going to try to do what she needed to do, you know, by November 1st. Um Okay. Okay, so I'll follow up with her. It's no big deal. I just want to make sure I'm communicating with her what's going on. Sure. I can also find out, I can call the school and find out when my free period would be on Friday and see uh-huh. if she's available for that on Friday. And then, sure. um, you know, so I, I, will, I'll, I will work it out to speak with her as soon as possible. Yeah. Well, and just don't stress over it. It's really just me wanting to make sure Melinda has enough time. She might still be okay. able to turn turn it. You know, she works really fast. So, okay. you know, depending on when you talk to Anna, if it's earlier in the week, we might still get it by November 1st. You know, right. um, okay. Melinda has been known to turn it around quickly. But okay. if it's, if it's going to be later in the week, we might have to just give her that extra, you know, the rest of that week um, due to her other projects and stuff like that. So okay. this is cool. This is good. So this just helps, again, give perspective, you know, on our timelines, right? Because uh, first, before I forget, that's really awesome about the church interviewing you to speak. Oh, <laughs> that's thank good. Yeah. That's, that's good. And so just as usual, make sure, you know, um, if that's something that turns out to happen, just make sure to, you know, invite people to subscribe to your newsletter. <laughs> right. You know, Absolutely. Ask for testimonies that sort of thing so we can use them on the website but that's a great opportunity yeah and it's actually not even until april by then um the book will be done and they said i can have a book table so hopefully i can turn that into um some book sales and things like that good that's awesome okay and you might be able to present i mean depending on did they give you a topic they wanted to talk about 
They um, asked me what what topics I speak on, and I told them um, I was trying to sound professional <laughs> that throughout the year okay. 2017 that I'm speaking on purpose because I have an upcoming book, and I talked a little bit about that when we did the email sort of exchange interview um, uh-huh. when they reached out to me, and so they liked that idea, and so okay. it will be on purpose. So I will be taking you know things from the book and speaking about that. Okay. That's cool. So depending on what they say, you know, maybe we can touch base after you have the conversation with them if they if they come back to you and say, yes, let's do this. In terms of okay. packaging, you know, what do you normally um, say to people in terms of speaking rates and all that kind of stuff? Well, that was interesting because she asked me what my rate was, and I have mm-hmm. no idea. Like, I feel like I'm like people aren't knocking down my door to speak, mm-hmm. so I don't mm-hmm. really mm-hmm. feel like. I am entitled to even give people a price. That's sort of how I feel. Um, mm-hmm. What I did was I said that this is a ministry for me um, mm-hmm. at this point, and that I am writing books, and so having a book table was important if they would like to make some type of a donation, um, whatever they feel is fair is basically, mm-hmm. you know, I worded it, something like that. And they asked if it was okay if they took a love offering at the end of, if I speak, and then, of course, I could have the book table. And I said that was fine. Okay. Um, so fine. they're planning on, yeah, and they're expecting, you know, between 150 and 300 women. And so, you know, who knows? <laughs> 150 and 300 women. Okay. Yeah, which will be the largest group I've ever had opportunity to speak in front of. Yeah, that's wonderful. Well, we'll talk. I'm, I'm just making notes so I can we can touch base on it. You know, once you hear back from them, but we can okay. definitely we can definitely work on how you like, like there's a couple of questions that I would be asking for example is this just like one session you know or are they having right. you there for, for a full day or a couple of days right, right. Um, and, de- and depending on what their response is you know what we could easily do is craft the speaking engagement around um, I don't know we'll say four main themes of your bible study right Okay. Um, so, so that you're speaking, and, and again, it depends on how often you're speaking. Like normally, with a one to two day event, you could be doing between two and four sessions. So that's why I said four main things, right? Right. Okay. So, so if that's the case, you know, we could craft kind of this speaking engagement around these themes, so that it encourages encourages them honestly to go and buy the rest of the study. Is really right. what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, and that's what you would have available and that sort of thing. Um, so that's a really great opportunity for you. And um, I'll definitely be praying over the interview. Did you say that that was this? Thank week? you. Yes, it's tomorrow at 1230. Okay. Let's in here so I remember the time. Great. Okay, so um, from my end, what I'll do is I'll follow up with Melinda to check on the, the imagery for their website. And also to ask okay. her about the timelines. Um, I really don't anticipate it being a problem. Um, I've worked with okay. Melinda on some of my own projects, and she's usually usually pretty flexible about the timelines, if as long as we give her notice, right? So that's why I'm okay. asking her now. <laughs> so, right, and I'm sure giving her the title may even help her with a cover and things that she may yeah. want to get started on. Yeah, because, again, the order I gave her was to work on the imagery for the <laughs> – on a second <laughs> I'm so sorry to work okay. on the imagery for the site first then the cover then the internal kind of formatting and um, and then any 
um, marketing pieces she was going to do, you know, for the the Bible study itself. Um, okay. Will prob- it'll probably be, um, for now, just like a banner image that okay. will go on the site. Um, and then maybe like a cover mock-up, you know, that we can use for other items or other okay. places on the website. So I'll follow up with her on that. And I've been seeing the 31-day series. And yes, and I'm okay. behind on it. Right. No, no. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. I for the last one you sent. Hold on. They've been um, good, though. I think mm-hmm. the last the last one. I'm not even sure if I sent it to you before I published it. And I was at, I ended up working all week last week, which wasn't yeah. on my plan. But now that we're um, helping with our wedding and things, I'm I'm trying yeah. to, to help alleviate some pressure from my husband. So they would always yeah. call yeah. me to sub, and I would turn it down. And now I'm taking just about everything they give me. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I ended up working all week, and during one of the study halls, I was sitting in a study hall with a bunch of kids, and they were really good kids and quiet. I wrote a post, put it up there, and forgot to even put a picture with it. So I'm like, oh, great. My last post didn't oh. even have a picture on it. Oh. Um, but I, I did write one for tomorrow, so okay. I'm going to start again. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, I think the last one I got was on Friday, maybe? I don't know. Yeah, Friday? maybe Saturday, Friday or Saturday. 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 Okay, well, that's cool. Okay, so explain <laughs> to me a little bit. Like, I, I know that you're taking on sub jobs and stuff like that. Um, yes. Do we need – well, okay, when is your term ending for school? Okay, so my my term ended. Um, my new one – this is interesting. I was going to take off this term because uh-huh. we're paying cash for my tuition. And right. I thought, well, that cash could go towards the wedding. So I talked to my husband late registration like two weeks after school starts is when they close it which Mm -hmm. would have been on Friday so I went to my online advisor and said I'm thinking of taking just one class instead of a full load so that I don't get out of the groove Mm -hmm. um and so I'm in the process of just starting that and so I'm only going to have one class this time and I'll be done right around Christmas with that just one class okay and is that like an hour class plus like the homework yeah, it's an hour and then the homework. It shouldn't be, other than the fact that I'm starting two weeks behind, <laughs> shouldn't be okay. too much too much trouble for me. Okay, okay. And then the subbing, are you doing that like every day? Well, when they call me, they actually called me today and I turned it down because I have, you know, I had our, our meeting and then my dad was coming. Um, usually they'll try to schedule me in advance, but like this morning a teacher was sick and so they called mm-hmm. me and I turned it down. So if I'm available on days that they call me last minute, I will go. If not, I'm trying to be able to control my schedule as much as possible. Yeah. So yeah. like I'm that way. I'm I'm sort of saying you know if you can call me ahead of time, then I will most likely take the sub work. If you call me last minute, I can't guarantee I'll come in. So like today they called and I didn't go. Um, okay. Okay. So I'm I'm ba- I'm able to. It's not going to affect our calls because I'm able to sort of schedule around the pillars that I already have going on in my life, you know? Okay. So as long as we still mostly stick to the every two weeks, you should be fine. Yeah. I, just, I don't, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, I, I totally get what you're doing with your, your, your wedding to be. <laughs> <Which Yeah. is laughs> exciting. That's Thank very you. exciting. Yeah. Um, it is. We, we looked at a venue last night. We're going again tonight. We have another appointment tomorrow. We're going to try to make a decision by Sunday and then set the date based on what venue they choose. So it's been exciting. Okay, cool. 
Okay, so the the new timeline for Susan, I did chat with her earlier this week as well um, because I'm still waiting on the imagery from okay. Melinda. But I do, for all intents and purposes, it looks like we should have um, the website piece done by Monday. Okay. Which is, which is good. Um, and then, hold on. I already have the tagline. I'm just going through our last notes to make sure what we are. We already talked about all this. I'm pretty sure we did. Okay. Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, and so one of the main things I wanted to touch base on is last time I sent you some examples um, of Maria Morgan's videos. Did you have a chance to look at any of those? I did. Now that I get confused with that all everything I've got going on, but is that your client that's doing the um the Facebook Live. Uh, the mm-hmm. Facebook Live. Yes, I did. I watched a couple of them. Okay. What were your thoughts about utilizing those for some sort of online study or promotion? Um, and also maybe integrating um, a little bit of a video introduction into your website for an About Me section. Yeah, I, I love the idea of the video introduction. I get scared a little bit um, with doing anything mm-hmm. live, like Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I, I think right now that's because even though I speak live and stuff, I'm, I feel like my life is so hectic right now that I'm afraid mm-hmm. to add something like a regular online study on Facebook Live on it. I would rather almost video things ahead of time and put them on my website with, with links like a blog for a live video, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because then I can mm-hmm. control the time where nothing's going to get in my way. I can just make them and then pre-post them like a blog. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm just, a, I'm afraid of scheduling something like I'm doing this 31 day series and then I'm behind and I'm the last two days I've been stressed because I literally had both of my twins got the stomach flu over the weekend. They were throwing oh. up and having oh, fever. So, so I couldn't, yeah. you know, I couldn't write and I had worked all last week and it was, that's what I'm afraid of with committing to something else that has to be done like this day, this time okay. with the way my life is right now. That's fine. Well, for an online study, you you really can go either way. You know, it's okay. not video, whether it's um, a video uploaded um, to like your author page, for example, on Facebook, or um, whether it's Facebook Live, it's still getting good traction, you know, in the algorithms for Facebook. Um, and we okay. can still do, do things like sponsored posts and all that. Um, I think for you, because of kind of the schedule that you have and the commitments that you have, that exploring Facebook Live for more casual updates might be less stressful for you, <laughs> right? Okay, because you, right. you just have a lot going on, um, which is perfectly normal and perfectly fine. And so what we might consider, because I know right now you basically post the link, you know, to whatever blog post you're writing on your author page, and that's fine. But what we might think of doing, um, because really we're trying to drive traffic to your author page once the website's done, once we've got all the imagery updated, because that will apply to your Facebook as well. Um, Maybe doing just a brief Facebook Live update, and I'm talking like a minute, you know, that just just highlights, you know, the blog post that's coming or the blog post that's already posted and having a link um, to the blog post with your little video introduction versus just putting the link in Facebook Live, period. 
So we don't have to do anything like that right away. I'm just saying that I think you could utilize it in a way that's not so structured, sit down, I have to do this for 30 or 45 minutes every week kind of thing, um, but more utilizing the tool to get a little bit more exposure to your blog post because we really want to drive people to your website, right? Right, okay. So, again, just food for thought, you know, for the future um, because I think it will help get you a little bit more attention to those posts and traction. But it does okay. not have – one of the things I sent you, Maria's why, why I sent you some Maria's is because she does a really good job of it not being super formal. You know, she's yes. just very yeah. – like, like I do know she prepares, but, you know, she's real – she tries to change um, – the setting that she's in in her, in her house, you know, so it's not so stiff and it looks like she's just talking to you in her living room or her kitchen or wherever she has a porch. I think she's done some on her porch. And um, so the real point is to let you see that it doesn't have to, like, it doesn't require a lot of prep time necessarily. It's just, you know, getting on and doing a, a minute or so commentary on something and posting it with a link and then you're done um, but we can definitely evaluate using that, you know, later in the year when maybe your schedule's a little. <laughs> right. I, 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 I laugh saying that. I know I laugh <laughs> saying that. Cause, not because of you, because I'm sitting here, when is my schedule ever like, like, you know, everybody's schedules is, they're all over the place. But right. it's not it's not as intimidating as, as you might think. And we can kind of table okay. that and re- revisit it later. But I do think down the road, even with an online study for your for your Bible study that you're releasing, you know, it'd be a good way to promote it is really the bottom line. Okay. So when we start yes. looking at, you know, release date and timeline of how to launch it, um, okay. what I usually drive you all towards is some sort of video promotion, not just okay. blog posts, because it's it really just introduces a personal element to you um, sure. that your readers may not get just from reading the blog posts that you have. And they're going to connect with your heart and your story and just your warmth and your empathy first and, and be drawn to the study because of that. They're going to be drawn to your passion. So that's a little bit why I, I tend to um, recommend more of that video campaign versus just written blog posts promoting a study or a book or anything like that. Right. So, no, that makes total sense. Yeah, um, I've been a and little I, disappointed with the 31 day series this time. Last, I had a great response last mm-hmm. year, but it was mm-hmm. much more open the way they ran it last year, where they had a Facebook page where um, you were allowed to put your posts on and or share your posts, and then um, it was easy to comment on those and speak with other people or get to know other bloggers that way. And she's been really um, I hate to say controlling, but it's been very controlled with the way she's mm-hmm. done it and everything. I feel like it's turned into buy my T-shirt that I designed for 31 days, buy my oh. coffee oh, no. mug. Um, or, you know, you can post a link to your social media, but it's you're allowed to do this or you're allowed to do that. But I don't feel like there's been a place where the people who are writing are able to connect the way they were when the Nestor did it. Um, And and last year was, and the Nestor gave it over to Crystal Stein. So last year it was a little more that way, but this year it seemed very like this is the way we're doing it and that's it. And um, it's just been very different, not connected the way it was before. And I've noticed that in my views where it's hard to find other people and people aren't finding me as, 
as much because it's so controlled. So it's probably the last year I'll do that, but I've been a little yeah. disappointed with making the commitment to do that and then yeah. having, you know, having it go as well. It's hard to when anything transitions from one person to another because I think, number one, from an administrative perspective, everybody's going to do things in a way that works best for them. Right, <laughs> not absolutely. All, not always necessarily like I try to find a balance between what works for me and what works for you all. Right. But it's kind of, when you have that scope of a project, I mean, how many people are participating? Do you know? Um, I think it's like, it's somewhere around like maybe right under 2000. It's a lot of, it's a lot of writers. Wow. That is a lot of people. Yeah. It's a big one because the Nestor generated, um, you know, she has such a huge following of people. So all of those people then, followed Crystal Stein who and she works for Encourage which the Nestor used to write for I don't know if she still does I don't think so but okay okay that's okay that's fine and and you know this is a good lesson too in like I think um, when you're evaluating where you spend your time online in terms of writing um, and that sort of thing and what you're um, jumping on board with you know it's always a good idea to evaluate the return on that time investment right right now yeah. the first the first thing is it is you have written some great content you know and I, okay. I feel like after the 31 days is over we can turn around and turn this content into other material right yeah so you know it could be an ebook or it could be you know a training series where you add a video element to it you know that we sell I mean we can use the material so don't feel like oh, I did all this work and I didn't get a lot of page views so it wasn't worth anything. Like I'm a big believer in repurposing content just because it didn't necessarily work out the way you thought it would in one venue or method of delivery does not mean that we can't try it a different way, right? Right, yeah. So, so, so all to say, you know, be encouraged that you, you, you have all this great content that we can look at um, turning into something else in the future that shouldn't require a ton of work, right? right. Um, that really what I'm saying is we could package it differently um, to hopefully give you a little bit more return on that time investment. Um, but it is also quality material, you know, so even if you're not reaching as many people as you thought you would through the 31 days of group, you know, that doesn't mean that it's not reaching people who actually needed it or you can't use it for things like speaking events and or a course or training material in the future. Right. You know, I, I think, I think the biggest lesson for me or, and what I've learned, which makes it really difficult to sort of grow a blog, but I, I have a hard time fault. Like I'm not willing to just follow people to get more attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, with like the whole 31 day things like, well, I'm going to make sure I buy the t-shirt. I'm going to say online, I bought the t-shirt or, or I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or like, I just can't, I can't even make myself do that because my purpose for doing what I'm doing is so different. I'm not doing it to just like make myself known, although I need more readership yeah. to be able to get the words that I feel like God has given me out there. My purpose is a little different. And so I, I, I begin to get frustrated and that's what's been yeah. happening through this series. Like this is not what I, I'm not interested in t-shirts and coffee cups. I just want to share my heart and have a chance to, you know, see what other people who are wanting to share their heart are like. And, and I just feel like mm-hmm. everything turns so commercial so quickly. It does, yeah. 
And I think, too, you know, when you deal with online promotion, um, the tendency from a business perspective and also a little bit from the consumer perspective is they want immediacy, right? Like how yeah. – like one of my um, – my marketing coaches that's helping me develop some core stuff for next year, not, not the stuff I have now, but for next year, you know, he, he's a big fan of saying, well, Lindsay, what's your minimum viable product right now? What is it that you already have about 80% of it, 90% of it done that you can just plug through one day, get the other 20% done and release it. Um, and, and that's kind of the mindset of a lot of online marketers and, um, is, is what can you get out quickly to reach people that doesn't take a lot of time that will hopefully make a little bit of a, a ripple, you know, in the pond. So it's not necessarily a bad philosophy, but I am a little bit kind of like you where my, my philosophy is I would rather take time to develop something really strong that will be long-lasting and that has depth, right? Yeah. And, and – and it's just, you know, from an industry perspective, most people are, are aiming for quick hits. You know, I right. need to get this three-page PDF out or this three-video training series out or whatever. Um, and it's almost like they're collecting people, right, for their email yeah. list, but, but not necessarily spending the time to nurture, disciple them. So, you know, I, I really just want to validate your, your feeling in that. And also, you have to hold true right, to your, your convictions and your heart and the way that you want to reach people um, because if you try to do the opposite, it's definitely going to burn you out. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, my philosophy has always been, you know, I know that you want to nurture and dive deep and develop people, and so the things that we're going to craft for you are going to have that purpose and that focus and not just serve solely to collect people to you to get little tidbits of information to them kind of thing. Right. But but that also means that it might be a little bit slower going, you know, just by the nature of, you know, when people sign up for your stuff, they're not signing up for fluff is really the bottom line. I mean, you're giving, you're giving them meat to grow on and chew on and it takes time so as much time as it takes them to get through the material, you know, it's going to take that time to consistently reach more people, you know, that can go through the material. And your main role, honestly, in all of this is to be kind of that cornerstone, right, where you're standing and you're saying, okay, this is what I'm going to teach you and I'm going to keep doing this over and over and over again. So even while you're going through this journey of this really deep material and finding your purpose, I'm here for you, Right. So just just be encouraged by that. I mean, I know it's hard, and I know that sometimes um, online marketing stuff can feel like it's constantly a creation machine, right? <laughs> That's right, what it feels yeah. like. But you just need to keep plugging along with what you know to be true in the way your writing is, the way your voice is. You know, the mission that you have is not quick hit contact with people, you know? Um, right. So it, it's okay. It's really okay. And I think the job that we have from a marketing perspective is highlighting that. That's that's different. You're not quick hit. You're not teaching them fluff. Of course, we'll think of nicer words to say. You know, you're you're right. really you're really trying to dive deep and give them purpose 
and, and help them in that journey and help them turn that purpose into action in their life, you know, and right. hope. Not even just action, just action and hope. So, yeah, don't be discouraged by all that. I mean, I, I really feel like um, anytime I personally have tried to adjust me, like just my personality and my strengths into someone else's mold of what I should be doing or should not be doing in my business, it, it's always been difficult. And I've always gone back to just who I am. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Right. Because, because I mean, there are tools and there are strategies and all that kind of stuff we can use. But at the end of the day, I have to stay true to myself, you know, not what everybody else thinks I should be doing. So anyway, that's your little pep talk. Don't worry about it. Thank you. (laughs) Don't worry about it. You know, we'll, we'll take your material. And like I said, um, repurposing content um, is, is, is probably going to be key for you because I feel like you, the depth of your material is is really strong, um, and we could figure out again different ways to package it. Whether it's a speaking event or it's a workshop that you're coaching, or whether it's an online study that you're facilitating, you know, all of those things we can use some of the material you've already written without it requiring you know you spending hours writing more material. Because I think your core message is pretty much tied, like we said, to this purpose. And honestly, right. there's only there's only so much you can write about that. I mean, you can't, and there's not indefinite topics. It's more um, getting people to really find their purpose and then understand how to use scripture to continually seek the discernment of the path they need to be on. Because just because you know your purpose doesn't mean that God doesn't change it, you know, or alter it yeah. or send you in a new direction. And um, anyway, I, I think you're doing fine. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you are. Okay, so from from my perspective when it comes to kind of the consulting piece, right? Like right now we have um, kind of the manuscript and process um, and the website and process, which should theoretically be wrapped up pretty quickly. Um, I would say that first week in November. Okay. Okay. So once um, those pieces are done and we have a firmer date from Melinda, um, I I can give you a little bit of a project timeline when it comes to launching the Bible study based on that kind of completion date of the first week in November. Um, I will tell you, though, that it can be a challenge to kind of promote and release things over the holidays, right? Okay. And, and I don't remember if we talked about this before, but um, what I consistently see in November and December is that we have people who are eager to help, but there are a whole lot of life circumstances that happen and just with holidays and family um, that can prevent them <laughs> from actually being able to follow through on things like social media sharing, you know, about a book coming up or a book releasing. And so what, what I'm thinking for you, um, we might look at kind of an early spring launch date because the, the cool thing about a launch date is it gives, our team something to work towards. You know, if we, okay. if, we pull toge- if we pull together a team and we say, okay, this book is releasing in, I don't know, 
February or March or I mean we could do January but still you're kind of you know there's a whole other, there's a few other things that need to come into play in terms of getting the book um uploaded and all that right but, okay you know you know we we could do it um in that time frame I would I probably wouldn't go I'm trying to think your church that you go to when do they typically announce new studies like for your um, women's ministry they're doing one right now and they're actually a little non-conventional in that area where they will do they don't really do like women's or men's based studies right now they're they're doing the Christian atheist and okay. um they do it sort of women and men they watch the video together and then they break off into small groups so everybody sort of does the same thing Got and it. then the pastor preaches a sermon series based on that, not what's out of the book, but based around the principles of the book. And mm-hmm. that's sort of how they do things. So um, I would say like they'll run something for six weeks and then he'll do four weeks of just maybe more traditional where no one's meeting. And then they do another six or eight week series and they, they sort of run that throughout the year and then take summer off and, um, okay. and then so, go again. So, like, in our church and a couple of churches that I've been to, they typically announce kind of their spring studies. Like, we tend to start in March, I believe. And so, okay. you know, part of this whole release thing is we could start kind of a social media push for January, February with a release date in March kind of thing. But I, but I think for you, it's not just a social media push. It's also potentially the online study that we we're talking about. And then also really doing some concerted um, pitching or promotion, you know, to churches or ministries for the study and having okay. some, sort of, some sort of bulk ordering, um, tiered pricing, you know. Yeah, that would be great. On. Yeah. And, and so I think um, if we aim for kind of the March timeframe, maybe – and again, it also depends on this other, like that speaking event that you were telling about in April. I mean, that would be a natural, we wouldn't have to wait for that to release the book. That's not what I mean. But I mean, it, right. would, be a nat- it would be a natural promotion piece to continue, you know, okay, sure. you know, Jennifer's speaking at this event, this is what's going on, sharing about the materials. I would say probably March, April timeframe would be um, a good fit in terms of having an official release date. And there's a couple of things that come into play here, especially from the time perspective. Um, Number one, even though the book, the Bible study itself, you know, should theoretically be completed relatively soon. um, One of the things that we'll need to work on is, is building um, basically a list of, of influencers. Like when you released your, the, um, the ebook, is that something that you just put on your website or did you do any sort of promotion for it? No, I just put it on my website. I really didn't do anything around it. it I I did that. It was sort of a compilation of um, blog posts that I just put together and um, and then I just told people about it and tried to offer that as a promotion to sign up to my okay. blog. Okay, and that's fine. And so when I do releases um, that are more promotional campaigns, um, the first stage of that really has to do with building a list of influencers. 
Um, and I know that can that can sound intimidating, but it sh- it really shouldn't be because they're they're typically broken up into three um, categories, right? And so the first category would be your top influencers, and these are usually people who specifically have some experience with the message in your book in their own life or in your study. I keep saying book, but you know what I mean. Um, In your Bible study, they have some experience with it in their own life or they have an audience that's in need of that same message. Right. Okay. And when, and when you reach reach out to top influencers, first of all, it takes a little bit of research because this could be other authors or speakers could be ministry leaders. It could be, um, really any number of people, you know, and, and generally what identifies these people is they do have a little bit of an established platform. Um, and it's probably the hardest group to ask for help, <laughs> yeah. meaning it's it's a little more scary, especially because, you know, I know that you've, you've walked through some rejection and stuff like that before. But um, the reason that I start this process earlier rather than later is because we're trying to remove some of their objections. Right, and so the first objection right. is is just flat out time. The sooner you ask people, "Hey, I have this coming out. You know, would you be willing to go through it and review it and share about it with your readers?" Um, it just shows respect for their time, right? Sure. Right. Yeah. And um, most people have editorial calendars. I don't, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, most most people plan that stuff out in advance, especially if they're, um, you know, <clears throat> an influencer that turns out a lot of material, that stuff is usually scheduled or thought through um, months in advance. So just starting that process earlier and asking them earlier will be helpful. Um, We also try to be respectful of what what we ask them to do. You know, so um, some of these top influencers could be people that we ask to potentially review and endorse, right? Or um, just, hold on. you know, maybe interview you about the book, that sort of thing. Um, so the requests are, are low-key and not time-consuming to them. But if okay. they do it and they share it, then it's impactful for you, right, because they're exposing you to their audience. And I usually recommend we have about 25 people on that list um, okay. because, because just like anything, you know, we'll ask all of them, but not all of them are going to be able to say yes, and that's okay, right? Right, right. So so I start with a larger number, and, and it requires a little bit of research of, you know, I mean, you could probably think of people off the top of your head who you think would be a good fit, but then we would also need to go and find, like, contact information and stuff like that, address and email. So sometimes it's just a little research heavy. Um, the second group of influencers are more your peers, and okay. – these are people that you have some sort of relationship with, right? And it can, again, be other authors, speakers, ministry owners that you know online or off. Um, the other thing about it is this could also be people who've already been through your studies, right? Um, like maybe they've heard you teach in person, you know, or they've heard you speak in person and you have their contact information. You can invite these people, um, I would also say, you know, Facebook groups of writers can fit into this category. Like, for example, when we're building influencer information, I always ask, like, my email list down the road that, of people that have been on my launch team. 
you know, this is the next book or Bible study I have. Are you interested in helping us? Right. So those would be right. more, more my peers than yours, but it's still okay. Right. Okay. So it's a, it's a combination of, um, you know, people, you know, and people I know, and these are the people we generally invite into, um, the launch team, um, from a social media perspective. And we often make a little bit more asks of them. So remind me, have you been on any book launch teams before? I have, I've done, um, sort of like reviews type things. That's actually how I met. Um, I had the Fed agency read a manuscript of mine because they found me and emailed me and asked me if I would um, read and review one of their author's books. Okay. Okay. Um, and so I did that. I've done a couple small things like that. I've not been very formally on any type of uh, book launch team, but I've had a few people reach out and ask me to review and I've done that. Okay. And so typically, you know, a launch team can be something as simple as, will you read this and review it kind of thing. That's fine. Um, another natural, like, place for us to start there are the people that reviewed each chapter, you know, when we did all that work early on. You know, those could potentially be peer influencers where we could go back to them and say, okay, the study's done. You know, would you be able to go through this and, and provide either an endorsement or um, share about it with your audience? now that it's done kind of thing. Okay. And then um, the social media aspect is just pulling together a team um, to really share about the, the study leading up to the release date to try to encourage, you know, sales and interest and that sort of thing. Now, this is all assuming oh, – well, let me tell you about the last influencers. The last influencers are basically your fans, <laughs> you know, people okay. that – you know, follow you on social media and love your work. And, you know, if we put a note out that you're forming a launch team and they say, hello, I want to join. And they're not always like super social media savvy or marketing savvy, but they're really enthusiastic, which is really nice. (laughs) Right. So just having the feedback aspect from them and the encouragement from them, and they're really your readers, you know, who are enjoying um, the launch process and are just happy to share on your behalf. So those are kind of the three types of influencers. Now, okay. I know um, I, I went to, let's see, I went to a couple of conferences in the last couple of weeks, and there were two, I talked to um, an acquisitions editor at um, Baker Books. I don't remember okay. if I told you this. I don't remember if I told you no. I think I told you this. Okay. Um, and just, you know, ask the question, like, you know, how do we, determine because it's not a nonfiction or fiction trade book, right? I mean, it is a Bible study. Um, And so like I said, you know, who, what are the key areas that we should focus on, you know, as we prepare this, because we can continue down the path of this kind of self-publishing route, but that doesn't mean that we can't also be pursuing, especially because we have time, um, thinking through whether you want to do a proposal and then pitch this, you know, to right. an, actu- an actual publishing company. Um, so it, his comment was really simple. You know, he, he said that what, what they tend to look at, I was like, what do you look at? Especially for, a, you know, a newer author that's building an audience. And he said that it's not always an audience focus. I mean, it really just depends on each publisher, right? So he said the first thing to do is go find publishers 
who have picked up authors who don't have a large platform, right? Okay. Because that means that they will consider the work more than they will consider, you know, the viability of the work more than they'll consider how many social media followers you have and what your email list is, right? And he said the second thing is making sure that the, the work that you've prepared is top quality, which I think we've already covered that, right, when it comes yeah. to having the designer and the editor and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then the other thing he said was make use of any connections you already have, right? Right. So I know that you – like the Fed agency, when you talked to them, they were interested in your work, but they had mentioned the platform, right? Yes, yeah. And they said to contact them if, when I sell 5,000 books. <laughs> That's oh, basically okay. what they said. Yeah, they said they want to okay. see um, either 25,000 Facebook likes or they want to see 5,000 books sold within a period of six months. 25,000 Facebook likes. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's so, yeah. you know, what's, you know, what's it was daunting. No, well, what's frustrating about it to me is, and, and this is, again, meant to encourage you, not many authors sell 5,000 of any book. I mean, yeah, it, you know, I, I get what they're saying, but it's not as easy as that, especially in the self-publishing world. Um, the 25,000 Facebook likes, I mean, that's technically, I mean, that is a little high, but it is doable to increase your Facebook lives, but, but it has to be really strategic using ads. You really can't anymore expect people to just happen upon your page and like it or like it from your website. Like you have to basically go after them and target it with, yeah. with ads, you know, and like free offers to, to incentivize them to join your email list and stuff like that. Um, so it's not that we can't work towards building the Facebook page likes, but I guess what, what what's most frustrating to me is just that Facebook page likes don't do you any good if you're not consistently using ads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And, and, to, and to give you perspective, I have um, a client right now who I'm, I'm going to go look and see how many. Hold on a second. They have 43,000 Facebook likes. Okay. Okay. They have really high engagement, like, on the post. I mean, consistently, you know, have 50-plus shares and 200 likes and, I don't know, 20 or 30 comments and up, you know, just really high engagement. But they barely sell books, you know? And I'm like, and their content is really, really good. And so part of what we're having to do in their case is we're having to integrate ads bottom line to build yeah. their email to build their email list so that they can um create email marketing to sell through their email list so that's why um with the publisher like sometimes they look at the numbers and and I get it I get the logic of it but those numbers don't always result in a return on that time you know right so so all to say, I'm not saying having large numbers on social media is not beneficial. There's definitely a social proof thing to it. So if a reader sees it, they think, oh, my gosh, all these people like them. They must be amazing. And they'll kind of join because of that crowd mentality and hopefully stay because of your work, right? It's just that tying the number of Facebook likes or Twitter likes or Instagram followers or whatever 
to your book sales is not really um, a viable mentality to have. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Between right. us, yeah. You know, you know, you can have a, a hugely active Facebook page and still not sell books, even if the material is relevant. So, anyway, so he, basically, he was saying make use of the connections you have, um, and so. You know, if if that agency is basically saying, you know, this isn't going to work unless this or this, you know, then that's up to me and you to try to figure out, okay, who else could we present this to, right? Right. Um, the second part of that conversation is I did email that one author that I told you about who um, got a contract with Lifeway by submitting through their website. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> which is crazy! It's like, yeah. oh my gosh, it's it's and she does not. She is she is anti-platform, not not in a okay. negative way, but she's like, I'm just going to do what I'm doing, and I'm not going to worry about any of that because what I'm supposed to be doing is reaching people with my writing, <laughs> right? Right. That's how I, I feel. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I've reached out to her to try to set up a call with her to get more details. We could work it out the last couple of weeks because she had speaking events and I was at conferences. But I am going to kind of ask her, you know, what her process was like and what she felt like helped her. And so hopefully we can reconvene on that um, really soon within the next, you know, at least by the time the manuscript is done. Because if, if, like, for example, if sometimes introductions just help, you know, so if she or someone like her would even be willing to just take a look at the manuscript and forward it on to whomever they're working with at a publisher that could make the world a difference. And then this whole conversation right. would be, would be completely changing. <laughs> right. Right. So, right. so just really pray over that. I think what I've been praying okay. most for number one is we've kind of been mired in the, let's get this done um, process. Uh, and now we're kind we're kind of in that process of almost focusing on kind of two different goals. So we we can work on this influencer list and reaching out to them um, while also trying to determine if there's a possibility of a publisher looking at this and picking this up. We don't have to do one or the other. You know, we can look right, at it both right. ways. Um, now, the do other you think be, – I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, what I – Anna, I mean, she was so kind when she read it and she was saying that, you know, I mean, I read you the email that she wrote me. Yes. But yeah. I don't know her other than, you know, she did this project for us. Um, do you think, I don't know if she ever does this, would she be willing, if she liked it as much as she said that she did, would she be willing to to put it on somebody's desk because of the connections that she has? I mean, that could that possibly help us? Yeah, maybe. I'll, I would have to ask her about that. I mean, I really okay, didn't that's, ask. That's I, I, I didn't. I didn't ask her until I, cause I wanted her to read it, you know, right, and, right. and go through it first. So I can ask her. And then the other um, editor I talked to um, is with Morgan James um, Publishing, which I, I don't know that this will be just because of your expressed um, interest. This, this may not necessarily be a good fit for you. Um, but she, Morgan James is a, um, it's a hybrid publisher, okay? So okay. it's not it's not like self-publishing, but it's not a traditional publisher. Does that make sense? It's kind of somewhere in the middle. So, for example, um, they call themselves the entrepreneurial, I can't say that word, publisher, but they do a lot of faith-based work. And so, for example, have you heard of Jeff Walker? Does the I product? Don't. 
I don't think I have. Okay, product launch formula. Like it's he's a he's an entrepreneur that has and these courses that he sells for thousands of dollars, and then the book is basically a condensed version of his course. You know, so he's a highly successful author um, tying his work to kind of this course material. And they, they, like I said, they represent some faith authors and stuff like that. And the thing with places like Morgan James is they have a full-scale publishing marketing um, service. So when they take on a project, um, they take you through a very similar process that you would get with a traditional publisher, but there is an element of uh, almost like skin in the game, you know. So they do require their authors to purchase a certain number of books, right? Oh, okay, because, great. Because, because their philosophy is, you know, we're going to do all this work to help you and get the book out there and distribute it, um, but you're more likely to pound the pavement trying to sell your books if you've had to purchase your books, <laughs> some of yeah. them, you know what I mean? Right. So so I talked to that acquisitions editor. Um, I actually have coffee with her. She just moved it. It was next week and the week after. So I'll ask her about your project in particular. I told her about it a little bit. Um, but with these things, you have to be kind of uh, conservative. <laughs> Does that make sense? So yes, the, right. so this this acquisitions editor I met like, three weeks ago. You know, I, we've known of each other, but we didn't okay. actually form, formally meet in person until a couple of weeks ago. So we've gone to coffee like once and we've seen each other at, at both conferences. We've had conversations and she emailed me and said, hey, I want um, to have coffee with you again to talk more about your business and any projects you're working on. So she opened the door. <laughs> okay. I, just have to, I just have to get in front of her. And so when I'm with her, I'll ask her specifically about yours. Um, because I don't think I've seen them do a Bible study, but uh, she has a lot of experience with other publishers, and she might have some recommendations, you know, okay. as to who we could reach out to. So th that's the hard part about um, the publishing world is is unless you have a relationship with them that you've had for a while, it's very it's it's not usually recommended to just out of the blue go, hey, I have this project, will you look at it? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so right. especially with especially with her, I'm just trying to be a little careful because I just met her. But I do think that um, both of these people have given some good advice, and I have access to something called Publishers Weekly, which I I don't. Or I'm sorry, not Publishers Weekly, Publishers Marketplace. And what this is is a website um, that basically tracks deals or sales. Um, that have been signed at all the major publishing houses and some of the minor ones, right? Okay. And so I can actually go in there and, and do search queries to find out, you know, who might have signed studies, Bible studies, you know, based on keywords. And the reason that's important is because sometimes they give details of what the deal was you know, what the terms were. They don't ever talk about money. <laughs> but they do kind of give a breakdown of what was signed by whom. Because if we can find a couple of publishers, you know, that consistently show interest in the type of work you're creating, then we can just narrow down the field to whom we're submitting to. You see what I mean? So just yeah, guessing yeah. kind of thing. So I know LifeWay is preferable, and we'll definitely follow that route um, with the author friend that I was talking about to find out what she did. 
Um, but again, it doesn't hurt to kind of cover your bases and sure. see what, what interest there is. And if okay. there's interest, if there's actual interest in pursuing, then we have the conversation of, do you want to find an agent to negotiate for you? You know? Right. Okay. So, anywho, so really the whole influencer thing too is it's not just for like your release. This is really just good habit in general in terms of connecting with people um, and reaching out to them. You can, you know, build a list of influencers for a specific release for a specific project. Um, and you can also, you know, offer to collaborate with them on something they're working on in the meantime. You know, maybe you find someone that, I don't know, has an ebook or a course that's complementary to what you're teaching. And if you guys write about it for each other's audiences, you know, that could provide a natural connection and bring each other's audiences to you. You see what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's kind of what we'll be working on. Um really in the next, you know, month or so. Okay. okay. That sounds great. Awesome. Okay, do you have any questions about anything we've talked about so far? I don't think so. I'm I'm going to be working hard on getting those edits done and setting up a call um with Anna and then I'm I am still working on some you know, like we were talking about the um the bio for the website to sort of expand what we had done for Thought Catalog. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. so I started working on that. I haven't finished it, but all of these are, you know, I'm, I'm planning on working on and getting done like ASAP. So, <laughs> okay, no, that's fine. Are you still fine for the call next week or, or do you want to move it to the week after? Cause we do need, um, well, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I, I think, you know, I think that I will be fine. Um, okay. if I can that's get fine. everything done by then I can send you an email on, on Monday and let you know my progress. Like if I okay. got everything finished and maybe we can base it off of what I've completed. Okay. That'll be fine. Okay. Really. I'm just trying, I'm just trying to give you time because I don't want to constantly add things, <laughs> you know, when you're right. still trying to, trying to finish what's before. So the bio assignment and it's all those sort of things will be put, things that we'll need to put in place, you know, with the website imagery and all that. Right. Right. Okay. Awesome. Sounds good. Okay. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your afternoon. Thank you. You also. I will, um, like I said, I think I already sent you the meeting invite for next week. If I didn't, I will. Yes. Yeah, you did. uh, Okay, good, 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 good. Well, then I will look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. um, If you have any questions while you're looking over the edits, let me know. But it sounds like, you know, you guys are on a good track. Okay, thank you. Yeah, I will I'll definitely let you know. Okay. Sounds so, great. Okay. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later. You too. Take care. Okay, thanks. Bye bye.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.